0: section 86.com we're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time perfect all right man fire away all, Let's right. Get her going. all right folks welcome to another episode of the song inside and out and uh for this episode uh Our next guest, he was on episode 119 of IBWIP back in December of 2013, so we thought we'd bring him back. And it's Ray Vietti from the Harmon Brothers. Ray, welcome back. Thanks, Blake. I'm happy to be here, bud. It was – I I looked at the date on that, and I was like, man, it was two years ago that we – almost two years ago that we had that interview. That's crazy. Was it really? Almost, yeah, about a year and a half. Oh, man. I was thinking it was – I really – it was maybe
1: like a year maybe wow that's crazy
0: well um i uh i contacted you about being on the new podcast uh because um i i I always the harm brothers songs both you and alex have amazing songwriters and and that's kind of what this new podcast is 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 all about it's it's getting into the meats and potatoes of, of of songs specific songs and um, I've been trying not to have the artist pick the song because um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm selfish, I guess. So um, yeah. I was at work one day, and I was going back, and I was listening to um, All the Lies You, you Want to Hear, which was back from 2010. And right. the song uh, Greetings from Mardi Gras hit me, and I, just, I, I kept playing it over and over and over again. And I... I there's probably many reasons why, but um, as soon as I listened to it, and I was like, "Man, I'm going to call him and, and see if he'll do it." So I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and, and talking about the song.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's I think it's going to be fun. So I'm excited! It's been long enough uh, <laughs> from writing it that I, I feel like I can talk about it pretty, uh, pretty openly.
0: <laughs> awesome well you know and, and we've talked about your uh, songwriting when you were on last time and and we touched on caverns which was another which is another one of your songs that i i just can play over and over again but um you know as a songwriter how how much of your songs end up being autobiographical i mean is it like 50 percent or or where do you uh,
1: for me for me personally it's i mean i 99 percent um but i'm trying i'm trying to like break away from that a little bit you know right now and just uh and try and and, and go i wrote i wrote this uh i don't know if you heard it or not but it's this baseball song that i wrote for the folks out in cincinnati these friends of mine that are big baseball fans and i, I love baseball too and I just uh, wrote them this, this song about Reds baseball, so that's completely non-biographical. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, and I have no real love for the Reds outside of my love for those people. But <laughs> that's why I say 10% is that 1%, the one song that's not. Uh, and I want to kind of keep kind of trying to do that. I think kind of it challenges you as a songwriter to kind of think outside the box a bit.
0: Definitely. So how long ago did uh, you write Greetings for Mardi Gras?
1: Oh man. That song I guess uh you know it's it's been two thousand and seven or eight, two thousand and eight maybe I wrote that
0: in. Sure so it's been it's been, it's been quite a while.
1: It's been a while, yeah. It's like that, that song was like I mean I was it's it's kind of uh I I was living with this girl and uh you know, as we get into talking about it you know I mean basically it's it is a trip that we took um and when we came when we came back you know it was like it was apparent that probably <laughs> probably shouldn't be uh staying together anymore you know so and and then that's you know to be completely honest like that it's funny that you picked that song, but because that story and that song is really kind of like that situation. What happened in, in that in that uh, that trip is is why the Harm Brothers are a thing. I think even at all. Oh so, wow! Tell
0: us about that. It
1: either it could have went either way there.
0: Well, tell us how how that that part of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I was, uh, um uh, I was living um, with a, with a girl, like I said, uh, and, and I thought we had a pretty good thing going. I think we did. And, um, she, every year would go down to New Orleans and bartend during Mardi Gras, you know, bartenders, they have a, they, they need bartenders down there during Mardi Gras. And, um, you know, she, she happened to have an end down there. And, and so she had been doing that for a while. And, um, Initially, I wasn't even going to go, but uh, I think it's something. Like, I got a buddy that was going to go, and I said, Well, I'll, I'll go and I'll hang out with him. And he, of course, didn't end up going down there. So, <laughs> it's, uh, it's anyway. That,
0: it's that buddy that always says, Sure, I'll go. And then when everything gets set up, he's like, Oh, the last minute, I can't go. <laughs>
1: yeah. I and mean, he's like, I, I'm just I, like basically a day before, and I'm like, Okay, shit. So, I'm going down there. I'm going to go with you. You're going to be working the whole time. My friend. Uh, it just told me he's not going to go uh, and i maybe i shouldn't go and it was kind of this whole situation where it's like it's too late now you're going cuz i was going to fly and now i'm driving uh, and and uh, i and i kind of want you to go so um and i think i wanted to go too. deep down i probably wanted to go as well I'll still but, uh, so i i ended up going you know and, and as has a story, it's a, it's ra- it's straight from uh from John Street that you know the story of greetings from Mardi Gras begins like you know right there at we were driving out of southern, you know, southern Missouri, Ozark area, and as we were getting uh, south, I mean, we just kind of ran right into a snowstorm. It was pretty strange, and it was kind of like, uh, I mean, it was just, it was like tunnel vision. I was getting tunnel vision bad when I was driving, and uh, I was kind of freaking out driving, so I, we and she was like, hey, you know, pull over. You know, pull over if you have to, and so I pulled over, and like a rest area, you know? So it's, you know, what, what do what I say, driving in the Orleans in the snow, and we stopped off on the side of the road and we pulled over at this rest area. And uh, so that's that part, and then uh, tried your best to ease my mind, and that was just uh, she and I kind of sitting in the snowstorm, jumping in the back seat and, and doing what lovers do, I suppose. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and away we went as the You know, the snowstorm kind of gave way at least the worst worst part of it anyway. So we started driving again, and as we got further, it became uh, more and more of a snow. You know, snow was kind of an issue, and it was going to be kind of messing with our drive a bit. So, you know, I think it was me that wanted to stop more than she did, but we stopped, and... Uh, we tried, you know, at first, just to kind of like sleep out in this uh, out in the parking lot of a hotel room, but we ended up getting a hotel room. And of course, you know, a cop, the cops woke us up and said, "Hey, you can't sleep here. You gotta get a room if you want to sleep here." So right. we were like, "Fuck!" We went inside, got a room, and uh, as we continued to go down this, like, uh, you know, she woke. She had to be there at a certain time, you know, um, and we woke, of course woke up late because. We kind of, we slept in. I think I say that almost verbatim. Right. You know? And then I'm driving. I'm driving because I'm like, yeah, I want to drive. And I'm driving, and I'm driving like a speed limit or something, you know. And I wasn't fast enough for her. And she, <laughs> I, I shit you not, know, gets in there and and mm. she was driving. Uh, she was driving 90 without doubt. She's flying. <laughs> yeah. So those are all like all those things that happened. Or you know, at that point, are exactly what happened in the story you know uh, and, and in the song and that's when we got to uh, we finally got down there uh, to Mardi Gras and then you know I just kind of leave I leave that whole as far as the story goes of Greens from Mardi Gras I leave the whole story of of what you know our, what happened there and, and all that that's all left out of the song
0: right right
1: I, I feel like it um you know back in 2010 when Alex and I recorded it, it's just me and I um, and we kind of I think there's a little bit of an area there where maybe Alex takes a banjo solo in there or not but um, we actually have recently reworked that song and we have a record coming out in February of 2016 and that song's going to be on it and we reworked it and I think that in the way that we we did it in such a way that the other instruments that we have, that we have, the other artists that we had coming in and playing on it and instruments that they brought into that song are kind of telling the story in itself. And We have our buddy Billy Mickelson uh, who uh, is in a band called The Third Seven. And it's essentially him and uh, he plays a, ch- a cello and does a lot of loop stuff and is just one of the most uh, fantastic and amazing uh, acts you could see out here in Oregon or anywhere for that matter. Uh he came in and played the cello on this new this new recording of it and I think it really does a pretty good job along with the help of a few other folks of of telling this kind of like uh new orleans style creaky story of what actually happened there uh throughout that solo area that was given uh for the song sure uh, and so basically you know uh basically what do i say in that song All right. he tells the story of a you know leave that whole part out and it's like you know now we're we've been there we've been there for like six days and and that that's the line too is that we left town on the sixth sunset And i think a lot of people think i say sick sunset but it's six um we were there for for six days and we left on the night of the sixth day that we we're there you know towards the end of of being there you know uh, I think that we I, I definitely was wanting to hold on to the re, to a relationship and, and I think I, I kinda of felt like uh like she was pulling away even you know, pulling away from that point because I think sometimes taking, you know, trips with people and yeah. the, before you retroduce her so can really kinda of show you who each other are and, and let you know if you really want to be with that person or not.
0: Right that's that' that should be a prerequisite if people want to get married, they should take a road trip together and see if they both survive at the end
1: <laughs> there you kill <go>. see I, <laughs> think that's, I think it's a great idea and I, and I, I, I know now that thats that it is you know like that's something that has to happen right you know if it go if it goes well, then that's you know keep going, but if not, you know at that point you're gonna kind of be like, well, this is the person that I'm kind of spending time with right now and do I think I can spend a whole lot more time with this person? I don't know. Right. And, you know, either you know or you don't. And if you don't know, I'd say probably jump ship, kid. Get <laughs> out of there.
0: Right. So, you know, you you, you have this experience, um, and obviously as, as a songwriter, you you take to the music to, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but you you take to music to kind of maybe deal with it or come to grips with it. Um you know how how long after this or, ordeal happened did did the song come out, come become a, a song for you?
1: Um, you know I, well, it's interesting because like like I said, uh, I've tried to think about that and find the point to where I can I can see in my mind where it happened. Um, but there's like I, I have a tendency to take the long way to get there on things. Um, <laughs> there's the, for even for me to get there to 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 get it out of my mouth how it happened. So um you know, I said that the band's the band wouldn't have started if it wasn't wouldn't have been for for that and in all honesty that's I, I think it's the the honest to God's truth and um and you know it's weird. It's like, because I kind of I, I wanna thank that person, you know, for doing that as like, you know, maybe she didn't see it. That, that that was going to be it, but she certainly did light the you know light the the fuse or whatever sure. to get that go. Because I had a, what I had was a, uh, I had a pretty good thing going where when I was living there with her, I was you know, I, of course I was writing songs, but you know I hadn't really done much in in the way of that. I had like a little band in Kansas City, when I, you know, there that wasn't even a country style or folk style band. You know, it's actually more of a jam band or something, you know, as we all go through our phases, but, um, uh, I had kind of moved away from that and was playing banjo and playing guitar and, and I'd been living in Oregon briefly and I came back and I was like, there's the one girl that's probably make me stay and, and it was her and it turned out that, you know, that worked out for us because I think we'd always had kind of liked each other. Anyway, uh, I had a good thing going there when I was living with her. I was going to be, uh, there was a point where she worked for a company that, uh, a few fellows that owned a few different bars uh, down there in the Ozarks, and and they were going to, uh, they had kind of offered up uh, this thing like, hey, I played played for them a couple times, and um, they were like, you can play like three or four times for us a week, and I mean they were going to pay me fairly decent, you know, to sit around and play cover songs, sure, uh, and you know some of my stuff in, and, and you know down there to the to the point where like you know the tune of where I might have made you know, like fifteen grand or something over uh, you know, a couple month period playing music down there and, and that was my first experience with being able to like just say, Hey, I can play music and make a living doing so and it was sitting right there for me. Um but sure enough with that song in that song, you know, when when we parted it was like we weren't together anymore and that offer just kind of dropped off the plate. Sure. it was like but like that, that offers doesn't exist anymore. Um, and so I, you know, I was kind of left with like, well, what the hell am I going to do now? And man, I, it was almost like clockwork that this, this person, uh, this family, a uh, couple that had seen me kind of just out by a fireside in North Carolina, you know, visiting with friends and stuff, saw me singing songs and they, and they said, they called me and, uh, out of the blue and they're like what are you doing I was like I'm actually I had a plane ticket I was getting ready to use a buddy pass plane ticket uh, to fly from Kansas City to Portland and I was just you know get away from it all and they were like hey you need to come uh, we think you got something we want to bring you bring you out here and record you just you um, I was like okay I'll do it I'll come out there and I'll do it what else are we going to do and then when I get out there uh, got out there and um, two of my oldest friends Ben, ben and Zach Kilmer uh, who are original members of the Horn Brothers and have been members of the Horn Brothers uh, throughout time and probably will always be the two guys that I consider to be Horn Brothers with Alex and I um, they they were there and, and we we, we commenced to write a record and, and that's what I'm getting to is like we had a little task cam recorder and I was sitting there with it at night they were all gone and recording in this old busted ass house that my buddy had, had abandoned pretty much and told me I could go to it. and we were running, all the power was, everything was running off of extension cords from here to there and <laughs> heaters all around, there was no heat whatever, I was in there and I was sitting and I, and I was just, you know, I was really kind of beat up about that whole situation and I sat there and then the next thing you know it's like it all came at once um, and that's the way I think a lot of those things come for me these literal songs it all came at once and it just came pouring out. And by the morning I I had it, you know, I mean, I think I had it within five minutes of starting to play it. I, I had every verse that I wanted in there.
0: Wow. Uh, and
1: I, I told her and I story, um, uh, right there. I think I, you know, aside from knowing her for most of my, you know, teenage from being a teenager, you know, I've her since I was a teenager. Um, uh, Aside from telling that part of the story, I think I told our our love story and, and how it uh, started and stops right there with that song and I think to be to be fair, I think right after that, like right after getting that song out, I think within twenty four hours came Ozark Mountain High. Wow. Which is the which is the kind of like the angry side of sure. that. The angry of that, you know. Um but yeah. It, I, I was sitting there and I just did a task cam in the middle of the night and it all just kind of poured out of me like I just told the story and I think I was telling it to myself or something. Uh, you know, that's it's weird. That's weird thing to
0: say, but no, that's I
1: think I was kind of making myself. It definitely made me feel better.
0: Definitely, that's awesome. Now, you know, obviously, there's so much emotion that you know in the, in the experience and here, there's a song that you you know you play occasionally. I'm sure. And now, when you play it now, like when you were in the studio recording it over again for the new album, I mean, do you have to? Do you have to battle with your mind going back to that situation, or has it been long enough to where you're playing it? It's a song now, like it's it's it. Or do you still keep the? attachment of some you know maybe not to the magnitude as when you wrote it but was is there still an emotional attachment to even all like all the songs that you write even over time is is you know can you still does it still get you at times the whole reason why you made the song
1: uh yeah i think i think the whole reason the reason for sure it still still grabbed me you know it's like and i can and singing it and thinking about it like it brings up this story and, and I can see it all, you know, I can close my eyes or I don't even, I mean, I'm sitting eyes open and I can see it all. Like how it all was. And like maybe a strange thing to say, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me as much as it did, you know? Sure. Um, I think I'm past that. I'm definitely past that point. Um, I mean, hell, sometimes I can even laugh about how broken up I was about it and, you know how it maybe was a little if i would have just paid attention it was a little bit more clear to me you know it was pretty clear that it wasn't going to work right the whole time but
0: we have goggles we, we, we have goggles on you know? so, sometimes we have goggles on you know what i mean <laughs> we, yeah. don't, we don't see what what's I, right in front of us
1: yeah i mean i think so and it's like you know it, but it's funny it's like cuz we kind of we joke about that you know uh, among, among my friends and and such and people that know me as a songwriter, uh, you know, we'll joke about stuff like that. It's like, I need to like have some girl come in and like tear me up again or something <laughs> so I can write some more music right. because it's like, you know, I mean, there's, there's that, that old record of all the lies, you know, a good portion of that is, you know, uh, is about, uh, that relationship. And then the next two are, um, at least my my hand in them. I think are about uh, are about another one other relationship. You know, so uh, and it's been a while. I kind of took myself out of that game. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you just uh, be lucky they don't come back and ask uh, try to get royalties out of you for you being the subject matter.
1: <laughs> think about that. I'm worried about that right now. <laughs> she likes that after me. She, she likes that about it. And not, not in a bad way I don't mean that in a bad way but you know you might be like that asshole I, I remember I remember when I uh, she she sent me a message when that record came out and she was like hey my our buddy you know show me let me listen to, C- to your CD and I was like cool and she's like it's pretty good and I was like what do you think about Mardi Gras and she was like and she just she and I are able to kind of laugh with each other at least we were at that point I, and I'm sure we still are I haven't talked to her in a long time but she was. Just, I think it was something like, you're an asshole, and I could <laughs> tell that it was kind of meant to be uh, in a playful, kind of funny way. Sure. She was like, you know, like, you know, I, I had to ask her what she thought about it, because, I mean, hell, it, she was part, she lived it. Right. And, she, you know, it's verbatim what happened. I mean, like, like I said, like we talked about the fun end, and, you know, I was like, yeah, I mean, it really is. Like, I don't. And there's really not a whole lot of explanation. If I, if I tell you, you know, it's like, and I, as I have told you, it's like everything I've said, and it is basically word for word. And it's funny how that can kind of work out sometimes if you just kind of can put your, you know, let your guard down enough. To just be like, all right, just fucking tell the story, dude. You don't have to fucking hide behind all these metaphors and shit. Sure. Just tell the fucking story, and that in itself is is enough for art. you're kind of you're. Exposing yourself uh, without any kind of, you know, shield, right. and and I I liked I don't know i that's kind of how I how I operate, kind of throw it out there you know as far as songwriting
0: goes. Definitely, well, man, yeah. that, that's that's pretty amazing, you know that, uh, you know that you can put that experience into a song, right. I I, I had this this thing about songwriters. I couldn't write a song, and I couldn't for, for the life of me. But there are there are there are those handful of songs even that I listen to, and I am just like, man, that person like just was hanging out watching my life or something because you know they you know cause it was a specific time and a specific incident that happened to you. But for another listener, it could it could mean the same thing. Just you know, not you know, not necessarily Mardi Gras. They could have been you know. Oh taking a trip across yeah. the country
1: <laughs> yeah and, and you know, and the, the thing about that i was i uh like i said we we had we had reworked that and uh and it's one of my favorite like i was kind of on the fence about wanting to put it on there to be to be honest and uh but alex was like no i think we should do it and um our buddy john shepske uh who produced the record um he was like i really like it. i think we can do something really cool with it and, uh, we could do something different, and so we we brought it out there, and and so anyway, we did. You know, we we recorded in a different way, and this is kind of a side of it that I think I hadn't really thought of. And my buddy uh, Darren Bradbury out in Nashville, he's a fantastic songwriter. Check him out, all listeners. Blake, especially, look into this kid. He's fantastic. He's one of my favorites. Um, and I was playing it we were sitting in his car and i was like i want you to hear this don't you think and he busted up laughing and was like because he like he he saw this kind of humor in it because he, he he writes very humorous and uh songs and he saw this humor in it that i don't think i had got it made so much sense afterward it's like that it's the saddest fucking song <laughs> in the world right. <laughs> it's entitled greetings from mardi gras and it's just like that, which is supposed to be like this joy, you know, like joyous party. Sure, and sure. And it's seen by many as like the happiest time in the world. And here I've spun it uh, in only a way that a sad bastard does. <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. That's, that's, that's something that I hadn't picked up on before. I think it's pretty funny. Have a different side of the Mardi Gras. There's there humor go. in there. <laughs>
0: so for 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 all my uh, guitar nerds that are out there, you know, do you know what the like what chords you use on this song?
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's just an F and an A minor. It's just a uh, it's just a, a slow rolling F A minor, and then you throw a G in there, and uh, I think there's a G and F and a C in there. and That's it. I,
0: I it, kinda, it was kind of like when I talked to to. To James Honeycutt about "Risk the Fall," and I'm like, you know, for you know what what chords are? He's like, well, there's a there's a little bit of this, and there's this, and there's this, and you know, for a guy that is not musically, I'm like, oh, that sounds so complicated.
2: (laughs) So,
1: (laughs) well, no, but it really is just like I mean, as you trot along the song and uh, and the story, kind of as it develops, I mean, it really is just F and A minor, and then there's the one little, you know, the refrain. That keeps happening, you know. Uh, they're talking about how long of a drive it was to Mardi Gras, you know, or you know. Awesome. And that's just you just throw a G, uh, an F, and a C, and walk right back, and that, you're right there, back to
0: F. They're right back to F. So, that's kind right of to, philosophy of life. Always goes right back to the F.
1: <laughs> right back to the F, bud. <laughs>
0: All right, Ray, thank you very much for being on the show, man. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, I, I, I think I speak for a lot of people when I talk about songwriters, and, and you're one of the top-notch songwriters, and, um, and that's what I you know, it's not a song that just repeats a couple hook lines. you know, it tells a story, and that's, it's just amazing. And uh, thank you very much for uh, being on the new podcast. I appreciate that, too.
1: Yeah, well thanks Blake. Thanks for having me, buddy.
0: All right, well I will hopefully we'll see you soon down the road.
1: Yeah, yeah. Keep your eyes peeled.
0: All right, well <laughs> we we've we've talked for 30 minutes about the song, so now let's play Greetings from Mardi Gras by the Harm Brothers.
2: Driving New Orleans in the snow We stopped off on the side of the road Tried your best to ease my mind Let me know that you're mine It's a long, long drive, Mardi Gras Woke up late in a hotel room No need to worry, we'll be there soon Driving 90 down the interstate The hurry won't be late it's a long long drive Mardi Gras Sunset Slept outside In the parking lot Woke up tired With a wheel in my hand Felt you slipping Again It's a long Long drive, Mardi Gras. Miss my turn.
0: Are you a blogger or a podcaster, or you're just not happy with your web hosts? You need to check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click script installs, with a free site builder, and the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try a free demo to see how easy it is. And if you use a special coupon code, section 8686, you'll save 25% off your web hosting packages. What do you gotta lose? Check out HostGator.com and take a bite out of your web hosting costs.